Welcome to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Taylor Reeves, alongside my other co-host, Jacob Dupree, a.k.a. The Commissioner. And this is episode 24 of season two, hashtag 98. Jacob, how are you doing this afternoon, my friend? It's a loud Oakley next to me. That's what it is. He's very vocal and very opinionated about events today. Who's that famous number 98? Is that Carlos Dansby? Let's I think that was I think that was 58. Look it up. You know, this is how great we are at this. We totally looked this up beforehand. Yep. No, for sure. It's uh it's been just triple digits, and we're not even to the hottest part of the year. Robert, Robert Mathis. Robert Mathis will work. Tony Saragusa. Yeah. The goose. Yep. Casey um, Hampton. Yep. Yep. I think uh I th- think uh Shoot, Robert is a great example. Robert Mathis, cold his entire career. I'm pretty sure he's in the Ring of Honor, won a Super Bowl. So I would say so. I mean, and and that Colts team. I mean, they were kind of the first to kind of do that, where you play with defensive ends and just play with the rush. So he yeah, was definitely huge proponent think, of that one. Begin. I think they kind of pioneered like the speed rushing aspect of that we see all over the place today. Oh yeah, no question. Him and Dwight kind of being hybrid just freak athletes on the edge pretty much it's like go get them hey, the ball go eat him <laughs> exactly okay so uh once again divisional breakdown this week we're doing the afc and the nfc north uh some big news hit this morning i was glad we waited till today mm-hmm. to uh, start recording big news so over the weekend we had two huge wide receiver extension signings uh regarding DK Metcalf, who signed a three-year, $73 million extension with the Seattle Seahawks through 2025. And then Debo Samuel, right afterwards, signed a three-year, $71.55 million extension with the 49ers. Both are – their extension is through 2025. Jacob, my question to you is, is who's the better fit? I know how you feel about Debo. I know how you feel about DK, and I think it honestly stems back to the quarterback. But in your opinion – who signed the uh, the better contract and who's going to be better over it the next three years? I do think it will probably be Debo, even though I'm not the biggest fan of either of them. I do feel like Debo, like, when I look at coaches, I think that Debo's coach can put him in better positions to succeed. And I know people are going to be hating and trying to dunk on me because, like, last episode, I think we were talking about how, like, I didn't care just because it all runs to the quarterback. <laughs> and I do stand by that, but I will compare, like, even this is me – Jacob Dupree saying this. Trey Lance is better than a quarterback out there. I'm pretty sure he's better than Geno Smith and Drew Locke combined. Wow. Are you you dead right now? What's going on? (laughs) Look, I know, like, that's number 31 quarterback, number 32 and 33 in the NFL right there. I think I just listed. I don't don't know what's going on right (laughs) now. This is weird. No, I I don't think that any of them are special. It's just I feel like the overall offense – I think Debo is in a better position to succeed. I feel like he can be more variable. So far, DK is more of a one-trick pony. He just kind of runs straight and hope you hit him. I can't. I can't wait till after Week One. So the 49ers played the Bears Week One. I can't wait till Trey Lance is like 15 of 28 and throws two touchdowns and an interception and looks. Yeah, you know, promising like 198 yards and people are defending him and then he just gets completely crushed week two against Seattle. I was going to say that sounded very like non-committal. Like, honestly, like, I'm here for it, okay? 
I like where that's coming from. <laughs> no, I just can't wait for the chat. Like after that week one, be like, Hey, Trey Lance, you know, he looked, he looked okay. He looked, he looked good. He, he looked good. He looked and then, all right. then he has his first road game at Seattle. And then he has to play against Denver week three and Russell Wilson and what Russ is cooking. So it'll hey, be interesting. Russell's not in Seattle anymore. I know, but I'm saying week three, they play Denver. Oh, I thought you, I'm sorry. 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 It might offend Seattle, sorry, Russell, sorry. they're the same thing. Oh, oh, yeah. They and uh, Ding, I've said interesting twice within a 20-second span, so we're off to a good start. It's a great start. It's going to be a great day. Plus, it's just me here, so I'm in control of my little rat, so you're going to hear Oakley yep. walking in. I mean, you heard him bark a second ago. I mean, it's going to be a great one. So I, I think Debo Samuel uh, signed the better contract. I agree with that. Unless Jimmy G gets traded to Seattle, then things I... get particularly uh, wait for it what's the word ding <laughs> no i i even with jimmy i still would probably lean debo just by that much but not by any margin okay here's another hypothetical let's say baker has a pretty decent year but he doesn't want to sign in carolina seattle throws a, a decent bag at him for three years what about then yeah i can do that Baker over Trey. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. All righty. So we're moving into the news. Yep. So we're, <laughs> we're moving into the news that I'm sure everyone has been on pins and needles about. And honestly, we're going to go straight into the AFC North. So that's a little bit of a hint. So the uh, ruling came down from judge Sue Robinson, who is the arbitrator. Um, Deshaun Watson was suspended for six games due to um, how did you put the ruling, Jacob? It was due to conduct. It, it was it, non. It, it was a nonviolent. I, I heard it actual act or something. I heard it somewhere. I can't remember, but like they put it perfectly or it somewhere I read. I can't. Sorry, I can't give whoever it is credit. Um, they said basically like there was enough evidence to confirm that he definitely violated the code of conduct, but there wasn't necessarily enough evidence to convict him of performing a sexual crime i think is how i heard it once again not a lawyer i'm healthcare, so i i'm pretty sure that's what it is and so this judge, i mean that sounds like something a lawyer yeah. would say though i mean and this judge <laughs> is also this was her first time making a ruling for something so there wasn't like a track record so i think she kind of took it on the safe route of like you did something stupid or otherwise i think 20 something right. people wouldn't come out but at the same time the 20 something people that came out didn't have anything more than like hearsay they didn't have any as far as i'm aware like right you know, it, physical evidence that could produce anything. Right. And and to give full context of the ruling, the NFL brought forward five of the cases of, of the the uh, the lawsuits. And then they threw one out because I guess the NFL didn't really talk to her about it, mm-hmm. is my understanding. And so she reviewed it based off of the four cases. And so it, it, it lines up very similar to Zeke Elliott back in the day or even Ben Roethlisberger of they violated the code of conduct, but it was in a non uh, violent way. Yeah. But you know, the court of public opinion is out there and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be concern of the outcry that he deserves more games suspended based on just the sheer volume, because a lot of it, and I was listening to the rich Eisen show and it, they bring up a compelling point of, you know, those were one accusation. This is like over 26 accusations that have occurred and so you've, you've upset oakley with your statements which are true he, he's well, up in arms about it listen he's like oh yeah i mean he agrees it's, it's with you. he's like it's ridiculous so it's 26 people came forward and stuff right <laughs> and and so i don't know it, it it's 
Roger Goodell's got a big, got a big ruling here because he can take this and basically throw it out and get into a huge fight with the union and then basically punt this to 2023. Or they, they both clean their hands of it and say, all right, Deshaun, you were gone all of last year. We'll count that towards it. And you are suspended for six games. Come back week seven. And then also on the schedule they were talking about, he has to go play at Houston. He's now eligible to go play at Houston. And the fact that that's going to be an interesting dad gummit keeps <laughs> that, that it's going to be a CBS game at like one <laughs> o'clock. And I'm just like, wow. So I wonder how that, that prom- promo goes, you know, how, depending on how the season's going, it's like, well, Deshaun's you coming back to play it. his former, former team. I, I feel like if you're them, you just, you don't mention it. You just, like guys, this is happening, but what we're gonna do is shut up. Shut up. Just don't don't even talk about him going back. It's not about Deshaun. It's about the Nick Chubb led Browns heading down to Texas to right. see if they can run rough shot through Houston defense or whatever. So I mean, that's how you avoid hate people hating you for life. Right. So let's let's shift into there our divisional breakdown, and we're gonna start with the Browns. We'll we'll get to our rankings here in a bit. But from the Browns' perspective, you know, at that point, uh, Deshaun will have been away from the game, uh, if I did my math correct, 23 games, 23 mm-hmm. NFL games. It's basically been like a one full calendar year, two yeah. full calendar years, right? No, he played from 2020, like a calendar yeah. season. God, yeah. my head's all over the place. Yeah. So he'll he'll be rusty, but do you feel like he's going to have a top 15 quarterback season top 10 quarterback season where do you see him falling into this not to mention he's learning a brand new offense with kevin stefanski what the browns are offering far as a team it's completely different than what he has with the texans i i I think the i mean honestly the pressure is on him to produce yeah i feel like on a per game basis once he comes back because i mean we just got done looking at you know making our record projections for them he says that he tries to hurriedly pull his up so he can make a good point. I, um, I think the pressure's on that they got to make the playoffs because it's yeah. only six game suspension. If this holds up, we'll be, he, he's going to play 12 games. He better win 10 of them. Here's the thing, though, is that the first six games were the easy opponents. Like it's at Carolina, it's home against the Jets, it's Pittsburgh before they, you know, can put their pants on, basically. You're at Atlanta, you got the chart, and then you have the Chargers in New England. That's their first six games. So then once they come back, it's at Baltimore. That's not going to be fun. Cincinnati, not going to be fun. Bye week at Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa Bay. There's the Houston game. You should win that one. Then there's, once again, there's Cincinnati, Baltimore, New, New Orleans. Like, it's the back half of that season schedule is kind of weighed down. And so I kind of feel like, well, from a fantasy perspective, I think Deshaun Watson's probably going to come back and be a top 10 per game quarterback for right. the last 11 games or, you know, 10 weeks of the playable season or whatever it is. Right. I think he's going to be worthwhile, but kind of like you said, it's like, this is a full new team. Like right now he's having to split reps in training camp with Jacoby Brissett because he's gone for the first six games. Yeah. Um, minimum, so, minimum. We, yeah. we, we got to put an asterisk next to that because, because the commissioner may... yep. could intervene. I think he'd be stupid if he did just because it's like this situation has been said for most people have probably accepted it and are moving on. And it takes that kind of stain off of your, you know, organization that you're supposed to be running. But long, long story short, I think he made top 10 quarterback per game because he's got Amari Cooper. 
I think David Njoku is primed for a solid season. And then, I mean, even with just those two guys, I mean, he did it with only DeAndre Hopkins pretty much for the majority of his career. So I think he can be fine. Yeah, and then overall for the Browns, I I have a pretty uh, optimistic outlook for that team, even though Deshaun will be new. And and, and remember, we're coming at this from a purely fantasy football perspective, not necessarily the person. Um, With that team and Jacoby Brissett, I I think he's definitely going to lead that team. I I think there's a very good possibility. At worst, they're going to be 3-3 and going into week seven when Deshaun returns as the starting quarterback at best four and two, possibly five and one, if they're able to squeak out one against the chargers or the Patriots. Hey, that's um, where you and I are going to disagree. Cause I think I have them one and five. Really? Yeah. We can do really? that now if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, let's get into the rankings real quick and then we can uh, come back to this. All right. So the way I have this division shaking out is I have Cincinnati winning it at 12 and five. Baltimore okay. at 10 and 7, Pittsburgh at 8 and 9, Cleveland at 6 and 10. Yeah. A little little different. So I also have uh the Bengals repeating uh, d- as division winners. Winning 12 uh going 12 and 5. I have Cleveland at 10 and 7. I have Pittsburgh at 9 and 8 and then I have Baltimore at 8 and 9. And I think I, I know a lot of places probably a lot of the differential between our things going to be the non-conference or the non-divisional games that they play. Yep. Like I have Cleveland losing the majority of them and you probably have Cleveland winning the majority of them. Um, but I guess do you want to start with Cleveland since we're just on a Cleveland roll right now or go back to Cincinnati win at the top. No, I, I think let's, let's keep, let's finish up Cleveland okay. and then we'll, we'll go back to the top. All right. So for me, um, the thing about Cleveland that, you know, obviously that we can talk about now that we have a mostly concrete ish answer is their first six games is Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, even when we saw him with Miami last season, like he's okay. He will keep your team afloat, but he's not going to be anything good enough to produce, you know, produce like a game-winning drive or something. Like this team is going to funnel through Nick Chubb, and the thing that I believe is going to happen is those first six weeks especially, those defenses are basically going to say, I dare you to beat me with Jacoby Brissett. They're going to kind of take the Miami Dolphins versus the Baltimore approach except, you know, Jacoby's non-mobile, they're just going to send everybody and say, right. if you can win single coverage, go for it. And so I think that's going to limit them. Because, um, like, I, for instance, I haven't had them losing to the Jets in week two. Wow. Okay. But that's just because, like, once again, I feel like – Even with the defense playing the way they're doing? I feel like the defense is going to be okay, but my biggest thing is that, like, I don't think that offense is going to be able to do much because after Amari Cooper – What's their best option? And David Njoku that we've been praying to God who will break out since he was drafted as a rookie with Evan Ingram in like 2018, 17. Right. I mean, this is his opportunity. I mean, this is it. They signed him to a huge extension for five years. This is, this is it. That's just kind of my thing with that team in general is they're, I feel like they're pretty thin at wide receiver. I feel like outside of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that's questionable at best. And if you don't have someone who can, kind of pilot the team from the quarterback position to make up for some of those deficiencies. They're not going to be able to do crazy much and teams will know that. And uh, so that's kind of my spiel with that, but that's the first six games because the next six games, that's a whole different story. It's a whole different team. Yeah. Because whenever Deshaun does come back, I feel like Amari Cooper goes from probably like a back end wide receiver two to probably a mid range, potentially high end wide receiver two. 
I feel like David Njoku could be the number two target on that team. He could finish the year as a top five tight end. I really do. Um, uh, there's potential they may have two top ten tight ends with Harrison Bryant, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, possibility. And then you still look at the rush game. I mean, if we got a Patreon, that's that's the debate <laughs> I want is us debating or analyzing Harrison Bryant and David Njoku as a top ten tight end tandem. But then Ooh, that, know, would Nick a, Chubb that would is, be a good show. Could do it. Then top Nick 10, Chubb, he's still going to be a, a top ten running back because. Now the defense is actually going to have to play back because you can't just, you know, put 10 people in the box. Yes, I said 10 on purpose <laughs> and say, go ahead, Nick, run at us. He's going to be facing five, six man boxes at most, and he can make that work. Right. Like Kareem Hunt's even someone that I'll throw out there. Just a little disclaimer, especially for redraft leagues, redraft and full PPR. He's going to have more value just because if Nick Chubb does falter or he does have an injury, which he's been known to do, right. he's can step in and be a top you know, 10 running back, like we saw back when he was in Kansas city. So what, what do you think Kareem Hunt's ceiling is this year? Do you think he's going to be able to get back to that 2024 when he's a top 10 running back, or do you see it more top 20, top 30? Well, something that's kind of difficult is whenever he was playing with Nick Chubb last year, I believe he was still a top, I think it was like a top 12 or top 15 running back. Right. Uh, with, with any sort of point per reception league. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that it's his ceiling is always going to be capped because he's most likely always going to be the backup to Nick Chubb, right. which means he's relegated to only passing downs. And maybe the first half of the year, like in redraft or even dynasty, if you have him on a kind of rebuilding roster or middle tier roster, if your team looks like you're heading towards the top pick, you could probably trade him mid season for a higher draft pick than you can get right now. Right. Just because of, you know, the first six games, they're going to be behind. They're going to be playing catch up, which means Kareem Hunt. The second half. Lots of halfback screens. Yeah, they're going to be <laughs> up more. So that means they're going to run the ball more and salt the clock away with Nick Chubb. So I think his ceiling, if Nick Chubb is healthy, is right. probably like running back 16, which isn't bad. I mean, it's a very good player. Um, probably running back 16 to 18. If Nick Chubb misses, I'll say like four games or more. I think those four games could boost him to being like a number 13, number 12 running back. Just because – he produces when he's on the field. Yeah, no, I, I'm a little bit higher on, on, on the Browns and, and based on kind of what we talked about, them maybe winning a few more of those out-of-conference games, those divisional opponents. I I just think it, it's playoffs or bust for this team and Kevin Stefanski and, and Andrew Barry. I mean, that team, they put all their chips in the middle. They they traded for a controversial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they traded for a controversial player. They re-signed a lot of defensive players. And they traded for Amari Cooper. So it seems like the core of the team is completely different. And at the same time, the Browns' expectations are through the roof. So, I, I like I said, I think it's playoffs or bust. Deshaun Watson, regardless of what's going on off the field, on the field, he's phenomenal. And like you said, top 10 quarterback season, not exactly out of the question or the rim of possibility with a caliber player of Deshaun Watson. So fully expect them to do well. I think they're going to be 10 and seven, uh, you know, pushing for a wild card, maybe that six or seven wild card playoff spot. But we'll see. I'll I'll also just say this is that, you know, just to kind of throw some water on the Deshaun Watson, you know, when he comes back, he's going to be great. He hasn't played football in a full year. This is a brand new team. So, I mean, don't just bank on it. But, for instance, like, you know, dynasty perspective, if he comes back and he plays, you know, six okay games, in 2023, he's probably going to be a top five quarterback, okay? 
Last question, then we'll move on to Cincinnati. (laughs) Bill Belichick. Um, (laughs) We're on to Cincinnati. Does does Deshaun Watson get reps during the preseason, or do you shelve them till week seven? You give them reps. You got to see what happens. I think, if anything, he probably could play more. Like, if I'm I'm Stefanski, I have a serious thought of, if my my starting offensive line's out there, like my starters, if I have them run a couple extra series – just stick Deshaun out there because Jacoby can get everything in practice. Yep. Because that defense is that defense is solid. You could get a decent scout team, you know, against him with just the Cleveland Browns defense in and of themselves. So I mean, right. I think that's kind of how I would take it. But once again, not a coach. Would love to be. I would absolutely love to be, but I'm not. <laughs> All righty. So Cincinnati Bengals, we're both picking them to finish 12 and five. Uh, I really don't think they're going to have that Super Bowl slump uh, after losing, unfortunately, on a terrific Super Bowl, by the way. Super Bowl 56 was magnificent and a magical Cinderella season for the Cincinnati Bengals. But, you know, they're going to have that top AFC team. I honestly think it's going to be very similar to what the Bills had two years ago when they went to the AFC championship game. Joe Burrow, I think, is definitely going to take that next step along with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and company. And, of course, Joe Mixon. If you haven't listened to our uh, fantasy positional rankings, uh, I definitely have a lot of Bengals up front uh, and up in the top top group. But It's oh, kind man. of scary, but I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow do this year. Yeah, I mean, this team from a dynasty perspective is – like I would put them and here's a better question. Who would you like from a dynasty perspective? Would you rather have players on the Bengals or the chargers right now? Cause think about it. You have two young elite quarterbacks. Yeah. I would argue the wide receivers, you know, Jamar chase is the best of them all, but you could have a, a conversation about potentially Mike Williams or Keenan Allen being better than being better than T Higgins this year, the tight ends. It's a wash the running backs, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, I think I think I would take the Bengals because I feel collectively the um, the collective average age is lower, and I think the window's longer. And that's whereas exact- I feel like if the Chargers don't do it this this year or next year, they're they're hitting a reset again. I don't know. That's a little aggressive. We'll talk about that when we get to the Chargers. <laughs> but um, I like Cincinnati. Like, what's there not to love? Joe Burrow gets. We already covered the Chargers. I don't care. We'll talk about them again. Okay. Patreon, Patreon. <laughs> Hashtag grow the show, but grow the show. The Bengals, they upgraded their offensive line. And last season, Joe Burrow was sacked just as many times as Zach Wilson. I think it was 51. Right. For, I think it was just as many or more yards than Zach Wilson lost, which was like 310. Right. He gets two upgrades on offensive line. If that thing is goes from like, you know, bottom five to mediocre, that should concern the rest of the league. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because if you give Joe Burrow that like three tenths of an extra second, that means you're giving T. Jamar Higgins the, ex- the three tenths of an extra second. You're giving Jamar Chase that three tenths of an extra second to just get a, like a half a step on his guy, and then Joe Burrow can unload it. Or or the the best play, you, you just look over there and uh, his That's coach, Zach Taylor, <laughs> he's looking at him and he's like, Hey, hey, Joe, what, what what play are you thinking here? Screw it. I'm just going to throw it deep to Jamar. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. It's third 19. Let's just – Right back. Yep. <laughs> but fourth and 12, what are we doing? Slant and go. All right, perfect. Jamar, <laughs> get open. I'm, I'm flinging it. <laughs> but this team, 
So the, I think the concern with Joe Burrow by himself is that last year he was otherworldly efficient. He was hitting, you know, top marks at everything. But that's where you bring up the question of, okay, but he has a better offensive line now, so arguably why should that go down? I, I agree. Like, I, I think he's going to be better, and you'll see that in my uh, fantasy performance rankings. Spoiler alert. Something else, it's like, you know, yeah, they might give a couple more touches to Joe Mixon, who probably will just have a more efficient carries, you know, yard per carry because that offensive line is better. But once again, it's like you're giving Joe Burrow a couple more seconds. You're giving those receivers a couple more seconds to just shake the guy. I feel like this team is primed for another Super Bowl run, honestly. I think they're salty. I think they're, you know, a little upset about it. No, so they're I'll- they're they're upset. That, that is a very upset team, and Joe definitely has a chip on his shoulder, uh, especially after everything that happened at Ohio State. He goes to LSU, has this magical run, and I think the same thing's happened in Cincinnati. And all I got to say is this. Mike Brown, the owner for the Bengals, better not screw this up because he already did this a decade ago with Chad Ochocinco and Carson Palmer. Don't I, do it again, man. You I got think, a great team here. I think in the next couple of seasons, you're going to see Joe Burrow get like the in the NFL equivalent of a max contract in the NBA, and then the same thing with Jamar. So I hope so. I really do because Cincinnati deserves it. Ohio deserves it. Ohio is a football football uh, state. So there you go. And I, I'm sure C. Bruce is just like sitting on you know nails, just biting oh, his fine. biting his nails, trying to figure out why in the heck we're not talking about the Steelers yet. It's because the Steelers aren't as good as the mm-hmm. other two teams we've mentioned so far. Actually, I think they're better than the Browns, but I mean. I, I don't. I don't. And sorry, C. Bruce, uh, just constructive criticism. Uh, I'm a content creator. That's that's what we're here for. <laughs> All right. So since our rankings are kind of wompy, who do you want to talk about next? Because remember, I have Cleveland at six and ten. You had them at ten and seven. We both had Cincy at twelve and five, though. We did. We did. Uh, let's talk about Pittsburgh. Um, All right. Pitts, Pittsburgh is an interesting bag, in my Dang. opinion. That's like five, man. That's five it's, times at least. Look. Uh, Look, I'm dehydrated. Anyways, when we go to YouTube, we're going to have an interesting counter right over here over my left shoulder. And it's just going to say interesting. Ding. We'll get there. I know we're we're getting there. So do you see Mitchell Trubisky being a productive top 20 quarterback this year? I could see it because, I mean, we were excited last season. I know Deontay Johnson is currently a hold in. He's attending camp. He's just not participating. Um, he still has Chase Claypool, who's still a solid option. He has Pat Fryermuth, who I will forever love dearly. Um, who else? I'm missing somebody. Oh, they drafted George Pickens. I mean, they still have Najee. I think that Mitch Trubisky, his absolute ceiling is probably like quarterback 12, quarterback 13. That's if Wait, he's which running is great. Ball. That's yeah, great for him. I think he's probably mm-hmm. going to end up settling to be like a middle tier quarterback too. So for super flex and two quarterback leagues. I think that he's going to be a solid. I think that'd pick. be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, like it's essentially, he's going to be a guy who doesn't sink your boat. But um, I think with how that offense is built, you have Kenny Pickett, who currently is getting crap reviews. Oh, don't get salty down there, boy! You don't want to put your ball under my chair. Oakley growled. <laughs> um, but so far, Mitch or Kenny Pickett's not getting great reviews. Mitch Trubisky, he is doing great. Or he's basically been handed the starting job. My biggest concern with this whole team is just the offensive line. They didn't really do much to help it out. So, like I said with a couple other teams, is that offensive line doesn't hold out, they should be scared because this could 85 be 85 a... catches to Najee. No. 
this could be a four-win team, five-win team if that offensive line falls apart. Yeah, but, you know, with Mitchell, we forget that he does have that running ability. I, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I have them finishing 9-8. and eight. I, I know that may be a little bit low comparatively to what Steeler fans are used to, but I think yeah. it's going to be a fun team. They're going to be interesting. Ding. Ding. In December for that playoff hunt, you know, you're, you're seeing on CBS or NBC, you know, a night game in Heinz Field, but I don't think it's Heinz Field anymore. anymore. Yeah, but TJ Watt <laughs> getting after it, talking about, oh, yeah, we're competing for a wild card playoff. And that, you know, having that belief, it's going to be fun to watch. It's I mean, I have them having their first losing season under Mike Tomlin at eight and nine, which is like amazing considering he's been there. That's since just one ball bouncing differently, or that's Mitch Trubisky showing up a little bit bigger or something like that. So, I mean, Steelers fans, Brucey Boyd, it'll be okay. Okay. Okay, so last team of the division, we have the Baltimore Ravens. I have them finishing at eight and nine. Explain yourself. Even even I have them at ten and seven. Uh, I I mean, as of right now, his his most bona fide weapon is Mark Andrews, which isn't isn't bad. But I just feel like that team. I don't know if they're going to be able to get it together with the the wide receiver options. I I'm just kind of iffy right now outside of Mark Andrews and how they're going to be able to do it. I think people are going to figure out Lamar and I understand he's a terrific talent, but I just, I think this is the year where the the ax comes to grind, but look, here's the thing. I know Jance is probably wanting to throw his phone out the door right now as he's listening to this. Listen to me, Jance. I will eat crow if it turns around. And I understand that he is the heart and soul of that team, but something just doesn't seem right with this off season and the contract negotiations, I don't think is something just doesn't smell right about this situation right now. I mean, I'm 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 with the gut feeling. I'm just like eight, nine. No, like I have them at 10, seven, but realize there's a couple games where I went back and forth on multiple times. Like I'll even say like at new England, that was one that I flipped back and forth like three times just because I know bill Belichick's he's smart. He does whatever he wants. He's a very good coach. And his son, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just kind of look at this team from this perspective, from a dynasty perspective. I think once again, I've said this for a couple of years, Lamar Jackson right now, his perceived value is like the run, the quarterback two, quarterback three in a lot of places and a lot of people. Yeah. I think you should milk people for that right now. I think you should trade him for that cost because the past couple of years, yes, I will quote COVID COVID happened. Injuries happened. Whatever you want to say happened. It happened. Everything, every stat has come down little by little. You can go back to the episode where Jansen and I talked about it. I think it was, we talked about them and the Jets or something in an episode. I don't know. It was a while ago, but we did it. Um, since his MVP season, his stats have just kind of came, kept coming down and down. And I know Jansen right now is like, yeah, but like last year, he still had similar numbers, you know, with everyone's team being decimated and just his team being bad. I'm like, yeah, but guess what? Still happened. Hey, you <laughs> nice, you little pain in the rear. <laughs> But I've got him upset now. I do not raise a Lamar Jackson fan in this household, young man. You sit your rear down. That's what I thought. <laughs> but going to get after you, Jacob. Uh, I know. But I feel like right now you can trade him for that like top tier quarterback market, especially in Superflex and two quarterback dynasty. You can get someone like a, just an absolute haul for him. Because what happens like last year, he passed, I think, 150 more times or whatever than he has in his entire career, like right. his career high. 
And yet he still was just finished as what he finished as was like an outside the top 15 quarterback. I think right. per game he was number eight, but end of season, I believe he's 15. Um, so, I mean, it's just one of those things of, yeah, if the rushing comes back, but also realize they're trying to slow play it with Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins to make sure they're, they're healthy. They signed Mike Davis to that backfield, not saying that's a big name, but it's a body to have back there. Like you said, all he has is Mark Andrews. Like even Marquise Brown, as of last year, we've seen him have pretty good seasons. We've seen him catch, I think, close to a thousand yards a couple times. Um, Rashad Bateman hasn't done anything. He had one drive last year where he caught four passes for first downs or whatever, and then that's it. So then they lost um, Orlando Brown from their offensive line. That happened last season, I know, but still they lost him to the Chiefs. I think they had lost another piece. I'm not sure. Don't quote me, but they did draft the center Tyler Lindbaum out of Baltimore out of Iowa, Iowa. whom I love. He's a great guy. Yeah, no, he is. But I just, I have my concerns and that defense isn't the defense that he had in 2019 or even 2020 or even 2021. That kind of kept them hanging around a couple games here and there. So I just have my concerns with them, but when push comes to shove, I do feel like when JK Dobbins comes back, when Gus Edwards is able to come back, I feel like that team can get on a more consistent roll because I feel like they're going to be able to run the ball 450 times again and take the ball kind of out of Lamar's hands in those situations, or at least give him like a third down and three, something that's manageable to where even he can just like run to the side, dive, there's the first down, done. <laughs> okay. So we're going to move into our fantasy football performers for the AFC North. Uh, we're just going to run through these real quick. So at quarterback, I have Joe Burrow. Uh, at running back, I have Najee Harris. I know. I, I agree, Oakley. It's a very good pick to have Joe Burrow as your quarterback. At wide I receiver, I have Jamar Chase. At tight end, I have Mark Andrews. At my flex position, I have Joe Mixon. And then for my ambush player, Pat Fryermuth. I think Pat is going to have a terrific season, potentially a top five tight end season. So for my quarterback, brace yourself, world. I actually have Lamar Jackson. As- Whoa, what is going on? This I is am, too this is two today. What what is up with you? Do you have a cold? I, I am insane, but I am not crazy. I, I, I I'm just, the one that's like pounding on Baltimore and Lamar, <laughs> and you're like lifting them up. We're in bizarro land right now. No, I just I did originally have Joe Burrow, but then I was like, Can I really have three Cincinnati Bengals up there? I do. So I had to change it. I do have three <laughs> in there. Um, but it so took I have the Lamar, dad, buddy. It's nice. I have Lamar <laughs> Jackson just because I think that his ceiling could be the quarterback one. This is once again me saying this. Do I think it's going to happen? Mm, hit or miss. But his absolute ceiling is probably one of the highest in the league. Yes, I do still think he's going to be a backup quarterback in two years, and he can't hit the broad side of a bar, and especially on a 10-yard out. Does that bring me back to par? Uh, for running back, I have Joe Mixon, just because I think that offensive line improves, which is going to help him. Wide receiver, in agreement, Jamar Chase. He's just a, a bad, bad man. And Taylor. He's on three of my dynasty rosters. Stop it. Stop it. Three. You get to see it for like the next 10 years. Uh, Unless I trade four first round picks. That might not be enough. (laughs) Tight ends, Mark Andrews. My flex is actually Nick Chubb, just because especially those six games, I think he's going to carry some teams, uh, some fantasy teams for the first six weeks. I actually have two ambush players. I have Chase Claypool because I feel like he kind of fits the mold of what Mitch Trubisky had with Allen Robinson. Back okay. in Chicago. Okay. Um, 
And then I have David Njoku as, my, as another player as an ambush because I really feel like on that team, he's the second target. And in fantasy land, you want the tight end who gets targets. And I yep. feel like that's going to be him through all 17 games, honestly. I mean, that's what made Mark Andrews a terrific player was it was targets. He was out of necessity. Yep. All righty. So we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to cover the NFC North. All right. We'll okay. see everyone back here. In okay. Do you, have any, do you have anything to say to that? Are you going to be quiet? Oh, of course. Turn bucket. Of course, now he's quiet. I know, right? All righty. We'll see you in a second. All righty. Welcome back. And I know I say alrighty a lot. Okay. All right. Just like everyone sit back down. I'm talking to you, Kelton. All right. Seriously. Like, come on guys. Like seriously. Anyways. And I say anyways a lot. Okay. Just right. Like I'm, I'm sure okay, I have stop. some annoying idiosyncrasies too. So it's fine. I forgive you. So it's episode 24 divisional breakdown preview we covered afc north in the first half so go back and listen to it if you haven't had a chance to now we're going to cover the the first half of the episode that they just listened to (coughs) we're hoping they did we don't know we don't know i don't judge maybe someone likes to pick in the middle to see where they're at you know maybe they like skip forward by accident i'm just trying to make sure oh okay yeah yeah It, it really must be 100 something down there i think you're a little dehydrated no, I'm extremely dehydrated. My, my leg's been cramping all afternoon. <laughs> that sucks. All righty. So let's get into the NFC North. Um, do you want to start with rankings, Jacob? Yeah, sure. Um, I have the Minnesota Vikings finally winning the division at 11 and 6, Green Bay at 9 and 8, Detroit, the fighting kneecaps at 8 and 9, and then Chicago at 5 and 12. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, so I have Green Bay uh, continuing their their reign. I have them at ten and seven. I have the Vikings at nine and eight. I have Detroit at seven and ten, and then I have Chicago at four and thirteen. I really feel like Detroit could be a sneaky team to win this division. I really do. Really, I mean, yeah. I, I'm expecting them to win more games. I mean, we always talked about how they were the most dangerous zero and five team yes, in, in, in October, which was hilarious. <laughs> Well, I just I look at it. I'm like, if they can get that defense to show, like that offensive line was great. Um, that defense was kind of suspect, but they had a solid defensive line. Like, if that defense can show up just here and there, I really feel like they could win and be double digit win team this year for the first time in God knows how long. Since Stafford was there back in the day, exactly. I know it feels like forever ago, even though it's been a year. Yeah, it's amazing it what a year forever. does for a guy, you know. Well, listen, it's already August. Literally the other day, I thought it was freaking February. Wow. Is that because of the weather or just you just had a moment? I just woke up. I didn't know what year it was. I thought it was February. I mean, that, that's all it is. This year's gone by fast. Okay. Uh, let's start with Minnesota. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on why you think they're going to finish 11 and 6 this year. I just think that that team historically is pretty, it's, it's very good. I think they got a very good offensive coach um, coming in there and Kevin O'Connell, I believe is his name, right? Yes, he was the off- OC for the Rams. Yeah, so part basically of that he, he, held, tree. he held McVay's clipboard while McVay called plays last year. Yeah, but I'm sure he was scheming up and telling Sean, hey, you know, Camp, Camp yeah. probably needs needs a look here in, uh, in February. So I feel like what's going to happen is this team is going to be caught up into this generations of football. I mean, like you've already heard quotes from Justin Jefferson and a lot of the team saying, yeah, this offense is going to be much faster. It's much more passer friendly than – you know, Mike Zimmer's, we're going to run the ball four times 
if we don't get a first down, well, then defense goes out there and it's their time to shine. Um, so I feel like this team's just going to be taking the next step up. I feel like Kirk Cousins, I feel like he's going to be a great quarterback. I really feel like in, you know, most quarterback leagues, he could be a sneaky top 12 guy just because if they're going to pass more, that means there's going to be more opportunity to his playmakers, such as Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, you know, Dalvin Cook, um, Adam Thielen while he's still around. So I feel like, he, you know, Kirk can be a good option. Dalvin Cook, he could still be the running back one this year, okay? If there was one player on this team that I was concerned that has like oh, high redraft investment, I really hope he is. Dalvin Cook's the one guy I have a little concern <clears throat> with with the how how we're hearing this offense is progressing. That means probably, and he probably needs it though, less carries in total for him. But if he's more productive with them and he has that touchdown luck kind of bounce back his direction, I think he's going to be very, very good. Wide receivers, I mean, it's Justin Jefferson. That's, and Adam Thielen. I mean, Adam Thielen the, is going to be a serviceable wide receiver too. For a little while. My question is like, if he falls off, that means it's going to fall to, you know, a rookie they drafted last year in Shy Smith, or there's KJ Osborne, or there's Irv Smith. Like who's going to take up that slack? Or even, you know, Dalvin, who's been running routes apparently out of the slot during camp. But, huh. it's, it's that time of year. Hey, why don't we put our star running back out in the slot? This is like Kenyon yeah. Drake all over again last, last year. But it's just kind of one of those things If I feel like this team can finally put it together for a little bit. I feel like that defense can kind of – this defense on this team, I just want them to show up and yes, slow people they, down. They've completely had a complete turnover of that team on defense. I'm, I will say that I am high on the Vikings, but I just don't – I think the culture is set in, and I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Kevin O'Connell because – if it doesn't go well early, I think they're going to go back to their bread and butter the way that the offense is set up, and it's going to take a couple of years to get the iteration of what he's wanting from a tempo and play uh, playbook standpoint. So I, I think they're still going to be competitive. I have them at 9 and 8. I think the division at the top is going to be competitive, and it's going to, going to be a rough drop knockout type of fight between them and the Packers going into December being neck and neck and that's the reason i have the packers only you know edging them out by you know one win there at 10 and 7 versus 9 and 8 like you said it could be a football coin toss there where they're able to get to 11 and 6 but i have them at 9 and 8 so you have them wrong got it no i I think i think justin jefferson (laughs) is going to have another phenomenal season like you said, Kirk Cousins, a top 12 quarterback. I definitely feel like that's his ceiling. And I really hope Dalvin Cook has a really good season. But from a selfish <laughs> standpoint in the OG league, considering I, I traded away all of my draft capital. I respect it. So tell me more about why you think Green Bay is going to win the division. Because that's, that's I think, the thing that we're going to probably differ on the most. I think the other two teams are kind of open and shut. Two words, Aaron Rodgers. Congratulations. And? And what? I, I don't feel like I need to explain that. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's two-time defending NFL MVP. And I understand. I like, who is he throwing the ball to in those It two doesn't matter. MVPs? He could throw it to a dumpster a dumpster can. He, they're still going to figure out how to score touchdowns. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to figure it out. I get all of the hoopla and all this other stuff, but I don't I don't see him. Did you see his walk into training camp? Which, by the way, his his last couple of costumes have been pretty hilarious. Awesome. He looked like Nicolas Cage, and I don't know if that's a good from thing Con or a bad Air. thing. From Con Air. That, that's, that's vintage, like, prime <sighs> Nick Cage, okay? 
okay, okay. My my point is it's Aaron, it's Aaron bleeping Rodgers. Okay. Aaron, Aaron is gonna do what Aaron does best. He's gonna have a ridiculous touchdown to interception ratio. And he's gonna figure out how he's just gonna tell him, look, Christian, I, I need you to get open. It, it's First very off, simple. He needs to tell him to practice because he's on the pup. That too. And Alan Lazard and Robert Tanya be like, hey, just get open. We'll figure it out. Just get open. And I think there's going to be, I, I think this is gonna be. Aaron Jones highest reception year. They're definitely going to get him more involved than what he already is. But I, I just see Aaron Rodgers going, all right, great. There's a, another obstacle that I have to fight against the Packers. So what? Let me go win another MVP. See, and I feel like my thing is that the higher, the higher drafted wide receiver has been on the pup. He hasn't practiced. They, David Bakhtiari, who I believe is still there. I don't know if he was the guy who went to the yes. Chargers or not. He's no, no, still he been, didn't. Yeah. Okay, he's still been in and out of the lineup. I think he's tried to practice with him was placed back on the pup. Right now, his receiving core basically consists of Alan Lazard, who's a guy who's basically been just a guy for the past three years since he was picked up out of Iowa State. And then you have Christian Watson, guy who Jantz nor I, and I don't think you are very high on, who's no, out of North really. Dakota State, one trick pony, who's not practicing. Romeo Dubs, who's currently like my favorite receiver on the team, also because his name is Dubs, which is cool. Dubs. Fourth round pick out of Nevada. It's Nevada. It's not like he's out of, you know, Florida or OSU or Texas or something. And then behind him, uh, who else is? Oh, yeah. Randall Cobb, the Randall Cobb player of the week. There you go. But he's 31, 32. He's kind of ancient. He's going to he's going to have three catches and two touchdowns. I know it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Even Robert Tunyon's still on the puck. So my biggest thing is. I feel like, you know, the head coach, if he's a smart man, he's going to realize, ah, we have Aaron Jones and, you know, Derrick Henry Jr. and A.J. Dillon in the backfield. Let's give them the ball. Because I feel like that's how this team is going to win, is by morphing their pass-heavy offense to a more rush-first, heavy, you know, more rushing approach team. Because Devontae Adams can make up for a lot of mistakes. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers made mistakes, because I can't prove it. Because Devontae Adams was also on the other side, though, who made up for potential bad passes. And my thing is, there's no longer that mind melts. Like, potentially, that could have just been like eight touchdowns, ten touchdowns, gone. Just from that mind melt that he and Devontae Adams had. You don't, I mean, you don't think him and Mike LeFleur is not going to be able to figure this sucker out? I, it, it just concerns me. Because you look at his track record with rookie wide receivers, it's not been good. Ever. <laughs> right. But I mean, they still have Lazar. They still have Tunyon. But I, I know, but I mean, who was Devontae Adams before he became Devontae Adams? I know he had a terrific career out of Fresno State, but it is Fresno State. It's not like, like you said, it's not like he came from Ohio State. That's all. That's why I have Romeo Dubs is like they're almost their leading receiver. <laughs> no, I, I honestly think Alan Lazar, I, I don't think we're giving him enough credit, honestly. Like he's um, good, but. At what point? Because we saw how he was literally getting yelled at by Aaron Rodgers on the field. Because, yeah, because he I think he knew things. Devontae's <laughs> intentions of like, no. dude, this is our last dance. <laughs> no. It just, so that's my biggest thing that the hurdle that I can't get my mind over. Yes, he's Aaron bleeping Rodgers, <laughs> but at the same time, he doesn't have Devontae bleeping Adams. There's nothing else on that, t- on that offensive weapons that would give me any sense of encouragement that would give me like, all right, cool. I think he can do it. Like he's still going to be a top 15 quarterback, top 12 quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's more in the range of outcomes for him 
than I would almost say any other quarterback in this division to be out of the top 20 because he just can't happen because we did see spurts last year where he didn't look too great. Didn't say bad. I said he didn't look too great. I think this is the reason Aaron Rodgers is getting paid $51 million this year. Um, to suffer? No. I mean, he's going to carry the team like he always does, and I think it's going to be consistent. They're going to have another winning season. But remember, he carried the team with Devontae Adams. I, I don't there. disagree with that. I'm just saying I have a lot of belief in in Aaron Rodgers, and I have a lot of stock in the, uh, the A-Rod brand, you know? So that that's – that's my two cents on that. I'm just saying. I mean, and that's where we, that's just our split is you think he can carry them to, you know, a grand total of one more victory than I have selected. <laughs> yeah. Than yeah. I, do. I mean, I mean, it's not like we have them at, you know, two five and, and five and 12. And yeah. 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 So, yeah. but that's just, that's my sticking point. I just think they're going to shift more to a run heavy approach, right? which is why I think, you know, AJ Dillon's going to be a solid top 24 running back pretty much all year. Right. I think Aaron Jones is still going to be a top 15 running back consistently because Agreed. he could lead the team in receptions. Yep. A very Najee like, esque no, year like better. last year. Christian McCaffrey. I really think he could have a CNC season. Wow. Yeah. Who I, else I, is mean, there? I mean, you're he selling me trust. on it. Yeah. He I mean, has the so- trust of Aaron Rodgers. He that knows where he's going to be, he knows what he needs to do. Right. Stay Aaron, Aaron Rodgers like spins out left and you see Aaron Jones running a wheel route. Pretty much. I mean, like <laughs> he's probably has the one receiver on this team that has the most trust of Aaron Rodgers compared to anybody. Uh, maybe Robert Tunyon and Randall Cobb. Robert Tunyon's the only other guy I would mention. And that's because in 2020, he had 10 touchdowns. That is true. If that's, he's able to get that number again, that would be ridiculous. Well, and that's why I picked him up like across every league we have, because he could be a number two target on this team. He could be. <laughs> Yeah, and I I think this division is going to be fun to watch, very similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's it's going to be fun to watch these last couple of years with Aaron Rodgers. And then just seeing, you know, Justin Jefferson bloom with the Vikings. And then, of course, Captain Kneecaps himself, the Detroit Lions. Let's get into it. So you and I both think that the Lions are going to take the next step here in the rebuild. So where do you see Jared Goff as a quarterback right now? Do you see him top 25? I can, yeah. Like, I can are you going to sell yourself on it, or do you see in a more like 27, 28, and the rest no. of the team is going to carry him? I think homeboy is probably going to be like end up the season like quarterback 16, quarterback 17. Really? I have yeah. him like, I think mentally around 23, but I might have had him higher. Don't get And that's, wrong. I feel like he can be there because we've seen him be great before. Like, whenever he was with the Rams, remember, they went to the Super Bowl with, you know, Jared Goff as their quarterback. Like, I, I will bring that back to your remembrance. Um, I don't disagree. Am I I saying he's ever been like that fantastic? I mean, like here's his years. 2017, he was the quarterback 12. 2018, quarterback 6. 2019, quarterback 13. Even in 2020, whenever, you know, everyone was bagging on him, he was still the quarterback 20. Yeah. So I think this year with an upgraded receiving room, with just people showing up, I feel like he could be a top 16, 17 quarterback in the league. Because now he has Amon Ra, who has a year of experience. DJ Shark, who's had his moments, but I think it's just a better name than last season. Who was like Quintez Cephas? Was yeah. Rashad Perriman for a hot second? Yeah. DJ Shark is better than all of them. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And now what was it? Ty- uh, Tyrus Jones or something like that? Dude, I don't Ty- even Tyrone know. Williams. 
Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. Yeah. yeah. He was kind of in and out. I think DJ's better than him. And so I agree. I just feel like, you know, this team has been propped up offensively, especially. They had a top five offensive line last year, and it just is going to get better. Like Penny Sewell, the guy they drafted last year over Jamar Chase, which terrific. Thank God they did that first off. <laughs> terrific. Second, yeah, he, he was solid. He was very good. Out of the backfield, you have DeAndre Swift, who I think he's he's going to have a solid year. Yeah. I just – the one question I have from a dynasty perspective is right now I think he's in some places like the running back three, running back four. Yes. I feel like that's too high, even though I'm pretty sure I had him number four. I think we both had like him top high. five, yeah. Well, it's, you know, you look at the landscape of dynasty-wise. Right. Who's up there? Like Dalvin Cook's now old. Austin Eckler's old. Right. Derrick Henry's aging and actually he's ancient. I apologize. Right. I also think Jamal Williams is going to take a next step there, giving depth at the running back position like he did last year and having potential to be a on again, off again, flex option availability there for any of your fantasy teams. I really like the wide receivers too. Um, You've definitely got me sold on the Amon Ross St. Brown, but Jamison Williams, I'm telling you, the dude's the real deal. I know he's not back till November. I know. I know. We also said this about Devonte Smith and how he's going to get smacked in the face. And, you know, he and had he, a pretty. I mean, yeah, it was a good year. He had 55 catches. I know, but <laughs> I, I, I know. But I mean, Jamison Williams is a bigger body. He's he's six one. I know he's one eighty five, but he can put weight on. It's not like he can't Bro, but with this crazy. rehab and strength. I know. I know. But the dude is blazing fast, and that's exactly what I know. But that's what this team needs is blazing speed across the board, be able to kind of open it up to be able to give running lanes for DeAndre Smith and honestly be able to not have three people covering TJ Hawkinson, covering both arms and his kneecap. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a TJ Hawkinson manager. I am so excited. There's someone that's there that has like, you know, downfield potential because no longer is it going to be because like we talked about before in the first half of the year, it was okay. I need a linebacker, the nickel corner, and also the safety to float over TJ. Everybody else sucks. So let's just gonna make them try to beat us. Yep. Go. They can't and, do that anymore. Yeah. I think that's honestly the reason Jamal Williams had so many catches and yardage. And- and DeAndre Swift. Yep. At the beginning of the year, because it was, hey, we realized that there's like three guys covering TJ. Why don't we just do a curl route here in the backfield to the left? Hey, run to the flats. Everyone else was covered. You get a catch, (laughs) see what happens. (laughs) Exactly. So that's kind of why I was saying that you should probably trade him. Like Fantasy Pros has DeAndre Swift as a number three running back in Dynasty right now. Right. It's ahead of Christian McCaffrey. It's ahead of Javante, ahead of Brees Hall, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, names like that. So, I mean, and we've talked about this before, and probably in the middle of the season, we're going to have one of the episodes about how dynasty landscape is shifting this season. Yeah. Just because players are aging out and new talents coming in. Yes, it's a, it's a, uh, it's definitely a reload season, and we have a great crop of new prospects coming in next year, hopefully. <laughs> With, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the last team in the NFC North division, which I think you and I both um, agree with, the um, seller dwellers known as the Chicago Bears. They just can't seem to get out of their own way with, uh, is it Ryan Eberflus? The Chicago Teddy Bears. I think it's Eberflus. Yeah, Eberflus, who was the defensive coordinator for the Colts. Nothing against Eberflus, but it's once again the Chicago Bears, you know, 
just like pounding into submission what their identity is, which that's fine if you're able to win on a consistent basis, which they do not. This team has not won on a consistent basis since, since Lovey Smith. And even then it was, oh gosh, what's going on with Jay Cutler? Which by the way, I want to do a <laughs> like a documentary se- series over Jay Cutler because I think it would just be fascinating. Smoking Jay Cutty. Seriously, if you haven't had a chance to listen to his podcast, not that I'm promoting it, but it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a fun little take of like, huh, did not, did not see that one coming. Did not see that one coming. And then of course, um, every year I'm going to have to re- re-put this on the, uh, you're going to have to remind me to do this, put in the chat, the, uh, they did the NFL top 100, but they made it Jay Cutler as the number one. I remember sending that to you. It's, it's a hilarious video and I want to re-send that out because it's just, it brings joy to my heart because it's just he has this nonchalant like, yeah, whatever. I'm an NFL quarterback. I'm gonna throw it 80 yards. I live in Chicago. Whatever, you know. No biggie. He, fun fact: he's also on the uh, cornhole league. Like he's a he's another he's a professional athlete now in two sports. I did air quotes on cornhole. But yeah, he is like actually competing in cornhole, and I think it's great because he said, "Why the heck not?" But I don't blame him. I mean, no. he's got a terrific arm. Why not? But yeah, so, back to the Bears. With uh, the Bears. The Bears. Feel, feel sorry for Justin Fields because he was absolutely sacrificed to the football gods. I feel like if he had oh, went yeah. to Carolina, then it would have been a better, he, better yeah, lineup. This, yeah. This would have been, been better for his career, better for even the Panthers. Um, they just didn't do anything. Like their offensive line is kind of me. Didn't get any better. David Montgomery, I think, is still going to be a, a top, probably 15 ish. Personally, I think he could be a top 10 guy. How, how many running backs has the Bears wasted over the last 15 years? I mean, it's him, Matt well, I mean, Forte, if you count Jordan Dan Howard. And then Matt Forte, even just those two right there, I think that's the past, like, nine years. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Nine years of their careers or something. But it's it hurts my soul a little bit because David Montgomery's super good. Put him on some other squad. Like, for instance, God forbid, if he was on Tampa, I would be sweating with the meat sweats over here, okay? But that team would be terrific. Is, or the Kansas City, they need a legitimate running back. He would fit in perfectly with that team. Probably. Then behind David Montgomery on the Bears, you have Khalil Herbert, who's a great replacement if if slash when David Montgomery goes down. But I feel like for me, that's honestly where the buck ends. Like I'm not on the Darnell Mooney train. I don't care I'm how many targets either. he's going to get. I'm not either. Um, they brought in Nikhil Harry. He's worth an add on Dynasty waivers if he's there. Just because targets heck happens because the targets yeah iron pringles still i think is facing federal charges that's what, what's your thoughts on cole commit i mean what's his ceiling this year or just overall in dynasty what what is it for this year and then overall in dynasty i mean i feel like for this season and in dynasty he could be like a top eight tight end which isn't saying yeah much. i was thinking like around six or seven like it's not you know it's not saying much but it's it's something because kind of like it's we kind of tyler with, higby michael just uh territory i mean which isn't bad it's not great i just think that this it's, season it's not good it's not great <laughs> i think this season he has the chance to be the number two target getter on that team yeah and kind of like we you've heard me say in this podcast i think probably a couple of times is in tight ends targets are king and that's kind of the end of that conversation uh, i mean right now fantasy pros has cole Komet as their number 10 tight end i think we had them somewhere similar yeah. i know i think i think i had him right at number 10 or 11 and um, I think that's being generous, honestly. Well, it's because he's in chance in the position to get targets. I mean, we look at when Darren Waller first became a big thing after his yeah. you know, stint away. Mm-hmm. It was because he got targets. 
and that's what you're looking for. And that's why Cole commits a popular, you know, um, late round add to your redraft squads uh, because in dynasty, you're going to have to overpay to get them. And I, unless it's like Kyle Pitts or Mark Andrews, even like it's not worth paying what you're going to have to pay to get them. So if I'm a Justin Fields fantasy owner, what do I do? Is, is I mean, is he a third quarterback right now? Is he a fourth quarterback in a super flex league? I mean, what, what does the Bears do? I, I don't even know if they're the Detroit Lions of last year. I think they're a year away from being last year's Detroit Lions. Like that's how low my confidence is in the Chicago Bears and just that front office in general. Well, I mean, excuse me, that's a yawn. It's been a long day. Um, the thing about Justin Fields is he will have games where he carries the Bears to wins. Right. Just because I think he is that good of a talent. I th- yeah. I would venture to say he's probably going to be a back-end quarterback too at best. And it's not necessarily his fault. It's because you look at what's around him and it's non-existent. Mm-hmm. Like Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Those names don't inspire, you know, fist pumps of joy. No. David Montgomery's in the backfield. So pretty much like it's David Montgomery's his best offensive weapon and he's a running back. And so that's why, like, we were all kind of hoping, it's like, well, maybe this is the year where they trade, and, you know, they'll get Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, do something to get one of those guys. But now, like, in next year, they're going to have a bad enough record that they're not going to want to draft super high, you know, Harrison Smith and Jigba, unless he just goes absolute bonkers, which is chance. There's, there's a chance. But right now that team on the offensive side has done nothing to help them. The closest thing was, I think it was a third or a fourth round, 25-year-old wide receiver out of Tennessee and Bayless Jones. He was 25 running past 18 and 19 year olds. You should be running past them because you're NFL age, bro. Yep. No, I, I agree. I, I just, I don't understand the bears. It, it seems like they're just in the cyclical cycle. I feel like that's a, that's a double. Uh, double, was, that was a double. That's a double. I, I feel like they're in this rut. They're in this cycle of, well, let's go offense or let's go defense. And they, they go all in. And I'm like, maybe you just need a CEO that has a really good balance between the offense and the defense. I just, it, it hurts me because I think Justin Field is good. I think he yeah. is talented. It's a I waste think, of talent between him, David Montgomery. There's a lot of talent like, on the bears. It's just wasting secretly, away up there. What I hope happens is he sucks this year or the team sucks and he is okay. Then next season they draft like Bryce Young or something like that. And then someone trades for Justin Fields. Like I would love for him to get out of Chicago. I don't care. Even if he goes to the Jets, I think he would be an upgrade over Zach Wilson today. Wow. Okay. Because of just like we've seen Justin Fields at least be, you know, accurate with his targets. And I'm not talking his love life. (laughs) (laughs) that's a story for another day but i really do it's like for instance if that happened i would be overjoyed for justin fields or i don't know there's a certain guy retiring in tampa i could see the bucks getting involved why not like yeah it's probably going to cost a first and another like a third but at the same time he's a guy who would have nfl tape on him who you could say has had moments Shoot. I mean, what if the Marcus Mario and I understand they drafted Desmond Ritter, but you and I would both agree Justin Fields is a better talent than Desmond Ritter by a lot. Like if the Marcus Mariota project with uh, Arthur Smith does not go well, I, I think there's a high probability Desmond, that they may be involved also. Or if the Desmond Ritter affair fails like. Yeah, that's true, too. I just I really hope like he is one player more so than just about anybody else 
in the league that I pray to God somehow gets out of Chicago mm-hmm. because I feel like he is talent that is just burning away on a crappy Bears team that you put him on some other squad who decides to pony up and trade for him. I think that will be probably that team's best decision they've made in a long time. All righty, let's go to our fantasy football performance. I'm going to start saying buzz when you say all righty. Do you want buzz or dong? Not dong. <laughs> no, 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 not dong, not dong. <laughs> so our fantasy football performers. All right, Jacob, let's start with your pick, sir. Uh, quarterback, I have Kirk Cousins. Running back, Aaron Jones. Uh, wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. Tight end, TJ Hawkinson. My flex is Dalvin Cook. Do you want me to say my ambush now or wait? Um, I'll, I'll go. I'll go okay. through mine, and then, then we'll talk about the ambush. So, quarterback, I have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, at running back, I have Dalvin Cook. At wide receiver and uh, tight end, we have the same: Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, T.J. Hawkinson at tight end, and then at flex, we have Aaron Jones. So it seems like we have no. It, it is true. From it's, running back to flex, we have the same players. Just a little bit of pick swap, and then quarterbacks are swapped. Yep. I mean, there's whenever the Detroit Lions don't really have anyone other than TJ Hawkinson, it's and even TJ, honestly, it's like that division. There's not that much else, but we'll talk about one here in a second. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. All right, Jacob, who is your ambush players? Speaking of the guy I was talking about, Robert frigging Tunyon. I genuinely feel like he could be the number two targets in the field for Aaron Rodgers. He has, you can say he has more trust with Aaron Rodgers than anybody else because he did have a 10 touchdown season a couple of years ago. Yes, I know he's coming off of injury, but, and I know that, you know, I said similar things about Cole Komet, but I would say Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Justin Fields right now. And I feel like tight end almost more so than any other position is like in dynasty terms, a mm-hmm. year by year assessment. Unless you get one of the top two or three greatnesses every year, it's a recycling window of, well, I think this guy could be good for a season. And then you trade him at the end of it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, so let's, let's do over under eight and a half touchdowns for Robert Tunyon. Eight and a half is that it, it's a high number. That's a hard bar to hit. But if we're going to say Aaron Rodgers is like, for instance, you think Aaron Rodgers is still going to throw for how many touchdowns? I, I still think he's going to throw for 30 plus. If he throws for, we'll just say 30 touchdowns, I would say probably eight and a half. Hmm, that's a real good number. That, that's the reason I picked that. I, I was will, like, that, I will, that's a good number to pick. <laughs> I will take the under just because okay. I feel like it would be a combination of he would have like seven or eight Aaron okay. Jones slash AJ Dillon would have, you know, 10 combined. Like, I really think this team is going to run through the running back room. Because they're it's the best position group they have now on offense. Wait, hold up. Isn't Sammy Watkins in Green Bay? He's on the pup. Uh, yes. Okay. Oh no, sorry. He was on it, and then he was off. I I don't care. <laughs> no, I, I don't either. I'm just I'm yes. Maybe something there. to watch here in the future, far as like from a pickup. Hey, you know, deep, deep dive kind of pickup there. Uh, for my ambush players, I have Amon Ross, St. Brown slash Jamison Williams, uh, the Detroit Lions wide receivers, young wide receivers. I think if Jamison Williams is able to hit the ground running in November, I think it's going to be a great matchup 
for the Detroit Lions. Like I said earlier, terrific talent out of Alabama. He also was at Ohio State. Go check check, check out our uh, perfect uh, rookie fits for wide receivers. I really do think Jamison Williams is the piece that's missing for this team to, for them to be able to become a playoff contender. Now, am I saying he's going to have a terrific 2022 season? No, but I think he's going to have a very good one. Okay. So, like, I guess my question is, do you think Jared Goff can support both of these guys as, like, a top 20 fantasy receivers? This year, no. Um, 2023, yes. I think they have very different skill sets. Amon Ross St. Brown seems very – I mean, they're both very quick twitch, but I, I see more Amon Ross St. Browns being more of the player that comes across the middle, doing slants, screens – can go deep if need be. Whereas Jamison Williams, that dude one-on-one on the outside or over across the middle in the post, you want him going deep every time. I'm not saying he's Randy Moss, but he's like a Randy Moss type of player in the sense of, you know, runs nines. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I kind of get where you're going. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is the number one wide receiver for this group. And Jamison Williams is a close two. And the November, December range is going to be fun to watch for the Detroit lions and seeing how this team continues to develop. And then 2023, it's going to be fun to see these two kind of duke it out. I am very curious to see where this team is next season. Kind of like you just said, just so as of this moment, like, you know, the world is high on Deandre Swift running back three. Yep. Almond Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams. Like Jamison Williams is a top five, top four talent, probably if he's healthy. Yeah. I wouldn't draft him there because I am sizest, I guess is the way to say it, because he's like a little bean pole. He's not big enough. He's Put a bean some meat pole. on his bones. He do need some meat on his bones. But very good football player when on the field. Even I can say that. Almond Raw, people are drafting him in redraft as like the wide receiver 24. I think in Dynasty, he's like somewhere around wide receiver 17, something like that. TJ Hawkinson's a top six tight end consensus. Okay. Like this team is building. In 2023, this is, I feel like, a valid question. Do you think that they could take the Cincinnati leap next season? Like to the Super Bowl? Not necessarily Super Bowl, just like they take the next leap to where they are all of a sudden competing in this division. They're winning this division. They're just turning like they're putting people on their heads. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Because it'll be at the twilight of Aaron Rodgers at that point. Um, And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is going off a cliff. I'm saying they're going to be competitive (laughs) with Aaron Rodgers and Kirk cousins, not getting any younger either. So it'll definitely be their division uh, in the sense of it'll be theirs to fight for, for sure. I'm just, I'm, um, I might be a closet lions fan. Oh, geez. Well, no, I just, I see what this team is closet doing. Closet Lions fans. And, and if Lamar we are love, what, what is going on? You've known I've been like a closet lions fan since last year. Don't even, <laughs> I know, worry. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I, I, just, I I'm rooting for Dan Campbell too. I just like what this team is doing. They are right. building successfully. And I feel like even with Jared Goff that everybody hates on, I really feel like this team could push playoffs this year. This year. It's, this year. I do. Like if okay. their defense shows up, like if Jeff Okuda makes pays good on his, I think, third overall draft pick, if their secondary kind of stands up, if their linebackers can just keep the run game contained just a little bit more, I feel like this offense is potent enough and that offensive line is good enough 
that this team could push playoffs. Uh, I really believe it. I, I don't see that. I think they'll be more competitive than they were last year, and they'll be a fun team to watch if you have NFL Sunday ticket. You know, remember last year though, like they were own five when they could have very well been five and zero. I know, I know. I know. I don't disagree like, with that. And they'll probably have another flavorable. I know. Plug that narrative in your head that last season they could have been like five and oh at some point. Or, you know, they could have won all those one score games and been, you know, instead of being what were they like three and something, four and yeah, something? Yeah, I think I think they were four and thirteen. So we'll say they were four and thirteen. <laughs> yes, Oakley. He disagrees. Say, Maybe they were five and twelve. Is it six <laughs> and eleven, Oakley? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Let's just say it was four and 13. They win those five games. All of a sudden they're nine and eight. What's the narrative with this team this year after they improve their offense, after their defense, you know, hopefully takes a step forward. Like, what are we saying about them right now? I I think people are saying, I I was listening to Peter King earlier on the Rich Eisen show and they were talking about, don't be surprised if they win seven to nine games. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to sneak up on anybody with the way that Dan Campbell's building that team and the discipline and the fact that they, you know, they stuck together as a team last year, late into that, that year. Remember the, the lions playing the Packers in that Minot football game. It was a competitive oh, game for throughout. the first half. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third quarter happened and then the lions became the lions. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's them trying to figure out how to finish ball games. And like, like we said, they're going to be fun to watch. If you have NFL Sunday ticket, not a sponsor, but totally should be. Amen. One of these days if we're able to figure out streaming, uh, that would be fun. Fun to watch them. All righty. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode 24. I just want to say thank you to everyone that's been listening to us. Please rate and review us. Give us a five-star rating wherever you may be listening to us, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. Jacob, would you mind telling the fine folks where they can find us on Twitter and or email? And real quick, I just want to say thank you to everyone for the activity on Twitter and kudos to, the, to my co-host over here, aka the commissioner, for all the Twitter activity going on. Where where can they find us at on the Twitter sphere? You can find us on the old Twitter at misfit underscore FF. Or if you have any questions you want to email us, you can send them to it, send them to us at the.misfit.ff at gmail.com. All righty, we say goodbye for now. Hope everyone has a terrific week. We'll see everyone back here for episode 25, hashtag 99, the JJ Watt episode. Oh, we're just putting JJ in that spot? Okay, that works. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. (laughs) All righty, see y'all later. Bye.